Good morning. It's time now for Community Focus here on 98.3 WVIN on this, uh, well, fourth day of January. Dave Taylor-Smith here with you. And we got the, the mayor of Bath in studio with us this morning. And, well, Mike, first of all, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Dave. Well, uh, you had a full year there as mayor. And any reflection back on this past year on some of the things that happened? I know you weren't expecting that question, but I just thought of it. You know. Well, no, I, th- I think, you know, and I tell everybody this, you know, I'm coming up for re-election here uh, next, this uh, March. And I tell people I'm going to run until I think that, there's no more that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you look at the year, um, just over a year, almost a year and a half that uh, I've been in office, I think that this, the team, the entire team, including the village employees, the, the village board, has made noticeable difference. Um, we've changed our philosophy. We're open for business. We encourage business. Um, we have terrific department heads um, that are really making an impact on the community. So I'm going to do it one more term, and hopefully we continue to see progress. I'll tell you, there's nothing more rewarding, Dave, than when people come up to me who really don't know me other than the name and the position as being mayor, and they'll say, you know, we are seeing change in downtown Bath, and, you know, that's that's important because if if we're not, then I'm not doing my job, and I'm not doing what I, I told people I would do. Well, it's been a challenge, to say the least. We've got several empty buildings in downtown Bath, which is certainly being worked on, and things but uh, it's a process that sometimes takes a while. It's not. It's not like let's go fix everything now. It's, yeah, and I think the biggest impact is that yet to come when Amazon gets in here, when LP Solutions gets here, the medical office. There's there's the potential for 400 good paying jobs just north of the village. So what that does that gives the restaurants in town, you know, more business. It increases housing. People are going to want nice housing. They're going to want market rate housing. So some of these um, places that uh, you know we could fix up uh, throughout the community, investors will buy. They'll renovate them and they'll get top dollar out of rent. And I'm already seeing it. I looked at the apartment last night. And I was talking to the person that made the investment, and they see it coming. So, you know, it's good in a sense that New York State takes so much time, but um, it's not good for uh, people want, that want immediate results. Now, some topics you wanted to talk about, it you had sent to me in advance, uh, was number one was rent moratorium. Uh, what, what was it about that? Did you? It's want to- really frustrating. We we implemented the the nuisance law, and we can't get the court system to work uh, with landlords that have rental agreements. Um, it's very very frustrating, Dave. We have one landlord that's contacted us. They have a tenant. The tenant has had the cops called on him 114 times. They're not paying rent. They go to court in front of the justice system here, and it's delayed a month or it's put off or they're, you know, told to try to work it out. And we have to end that. The village historically has always had evictions in the village courts. And because of COVID, the state moved them to the county level. And it's just not, it's not working. It's yeah. not working. And, and I hear from landlords, you know, a rental agreement is a rental agreement. And if we want to change the quality of housing, the quality of people, if we want to change and reduce the crime rate here in the village and make it a safer community and people feel safer, then we have to allow landlords to evict criminals. Um, and that's it. At the end of the day, oh, that has you, to happen. You got somebody coming over 100, 100 times to an apartment complex. For what? Was this one tenant? One tenant. Wow, that's crazy. 
That kind of ties up your, your police department, too, you know? Ties up the police department. It's exactly why we wrote the nuisance law. But you, in those situations, you can't come back to the landlord. They're trying to do every single thing they can to evict this tenant, and the court system's not working for us. But what we can remember, we can all remember this, Dave. Every judge, every judge is elected. So ask the people that are running for election, even in a judge contest, get involved, know their positions, say, do they support contracts and rental agreements? And if they say no, then find another candidate because it's just out of control. Wow. Crime and bail reform, another topic you want to probably, you probably already touched on that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they go hand in hand. In New York State, you know, Bath was famous here last year for, for an individual being arrested four times. Um, four times. There was a recent DWI crash last week, killed a victim. That individual was arrested the week before, blowing a 2.9 or something to that effect. It was really high. And under you know normal circumstances prior to bail reform, that individual probably would have been held in jail um, and it could have been prevented. Who knows if that's the case? But we gotta quit. We gotta make people held accountable for their actions. There's no one held accountable for their actions. So our police department, their work is sometimes uh, fruitless because uh, they can handle uh, out, um, you know, tickets, citations. If the people aren't working, they're not going to pay anything, and there's hardly any consequences. So we have to we have to review that. I, I'm not against bail reform. I think that it's good because in some situations, people don't have the money, such as wealthy people do, to post bail. But here's here's my here's my suggestion. Nobody listens to me, but here's the suggestion. <laughs> if you have an opportunity to take advantage of bail reform because of that circumstances, and then you are awaiting your trial and you get arrested again, then it's done. You shouldn't get two, three, four, yeah. five chances. So that's that's my feedback to state legislation. Economic growth, we certainly have seen a lot with that. Uh you know, with the announcement of a, a new manufacturing company coming, you mentioned uh, there's a healthcare facility coming as well in that same area, uh, off Route 54. Um, we've got some businesses that are open up. I know that uh, the Mexican restaurant on 54 is going to be opening uh, sometime in January, February, they're telling me. And there's more coming. Is there anything you can fill? Well, the home value uh, value home center. Value coming. home center. Coming yep. to they're, uh, they're actually, they've got posters down there that they're yeah. hiring people, interviewing people. KFC uh, in the old former Pizza Hut lot. So they're the ones that could be announced right now. But there's, again, if you believe in trickle-down economics, it's going to be terrific for the community. It's just going to take time for these things to fester and to develop. And uh, But... When you have Amazon moving in, those employees are going to need a place to live. LP Solutions employees, they're going to need a place to live. So it's exciting. Um, finally, you know, we've went through a very long period, Dave, here in this area, particularly Stuben County, with the exception of the Corning. And, and, and you can say Hornell. Hornell's done a good job with Austin. But other than that, it's been very slow um, in the county in terms of job development. And uh, I think Jamie Johnson, the IDA, uh, the people that believe in, in this community, in this region. I think everyone's uh, done a great job. Well, good things are coming. And uh, uh, once again, we're talking to Mike Sweet, the mayor of Bath. He's on our community-focused program. We try to get him here at least once a month to talk about things going on. And Well, the big story of the new year is uh, municipalities had to opt in for cannabis dispensaries and uh, on-site uh, uh, consumption sites. Uh, the village of Bath, you talked to a TV station in Elmira, and you explained why you decided you and the board decided to uh, opt in, and uh, maybe you could go over that again for us and how how that process 
Well, we were fortunate, and I think that's the value of training. I actually got to go to the mayor's conference this year. It's the first time we've sent anybody in uh, probably over a decade. Oh, where was that held? That was held in uh, Lake George. Okay. Um, it's every spring. And there was a four-hour class on opting out that Nikon put together uh, about the new mar- the new marijuana laws. And a lot of the hype that you know, if, if people take a position of opting out, it's all over hype primarily. Um, it's going to be controlled just like the liquor authority. I know that business very well as yeah. I'm in it. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be state regulated from the vendors. So you're not going to have lace marijuana on the street. That's a huge benefit because let's face it, Dave, marijuana is legal. So we came down to the decision, okay, do we want a state-regulated facility here where we can benefit from the tax, the sales tax revenue or not? Or do we send these people to another community, have them purchase their marijuana, and then smoke it in bath, which is totally legal? So we decided that we weren't going to opt out, that we, would, that we would allow that. But with that said, the licenses are going to be very few and far between. Bath is not even guaranteed a license. Uh, you know, it's one. The last number I heard was one per forty-four thousand people of each type oh on-site consumption and then dispensary. So when you look into it, when you get the facts, um, here's the good news: we've always been in the top ranking of taxes, one of the highest tax rates in the county. Last two years, no taxes. In fact, two years ago we had a tax decrease. We're hoping to move down that ladder. This could have a significant revenue impact on us because a lot of communities opted out. So if we do get a dispensary and we do get to claim those sales tax, we're going to be way ahead. And they cannot, after December 31st, they can't opt in and share in your revenue. Change their mind. Right. They can't opt in and share in the revenue. They can opt in, but there's no revenue sharing to the last of my knowledge. So the Village of Bath is going to get it all. I'd love to know more about, we'll talk more about that next time around, but right now, we're out of time. <laughs> it sneaks up on us. Oh my gosh, a conversation with Mike Sweet can go on forever, but uh, we thank you for taking time to be on Community Focus, uh, and uh, we'll be talking to you next month, we hope. Um, we just want to remind everybody this program has been recorded. It'll be available on our podcast section of our website under Community Focus in a little while, right here on 98.3 WVIN.